are destroying our home. And uh, specifically, the proverb is directed towards uh, women, where he says, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. And we already expressed the fact, as uh, we I think we could prove that uh, though this is applied to women because uh, the, the mom really has a great impact upon the home, we could uh, readily apply this to everyone because the truth of the matter is husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, children uh, can all be doing things which tear apart a home. And uh, it is important for us to consider and take time to think through what we're doing and ask ourselves the question, are we building or are we destroying? Again, every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. And uh, we have already looked at the first couple points in the outline that was back there. If you picked one up tonight, we looked at the importance of a woman in the home, the impact of a woman on her home to build or to destroy and then the last point in the outline, not, uh, maybe it's not the last point. Is there another? There's, there is another point. I'll, I'll get there. Yeah, there is another point, so forget that. The third point in the outline is some instruction for women and all to ponder. And I say all because, as we know, everyone can have an impact and destroy or build their home by the things that they do. Again, uh, men can do that. Women can. In fact, the first point we brought out under that was that your morals can build or destroy. And we looked at the strange woman in Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter 7. And something that stood out that, quite honestly, I, you know, I hadn't really thought all that much before because the emphasis seems to be on the man, don't give in. But what we saw in Proverbs 6 and 7 is that the woman, the strange woman, is not some young lady who's throwing herself at a guy and and selling herself, if you would, but it's a married woman who uh, is making an appeal. And, um, and you know, it's just uh, it's important for us to understand that morals can build or destroy a home. And whether that is a, a, a woman who's dissatisfied in her marriage or a man who's dissatisfied in his marriage, who starts to look elsewhere, you know, the saying is the grass is always greener. Actually, I was thinking of opening with an illustration. Uh, we visited, my uh, father-in-law went to Alabama uh, last week. And uh, as we were uh, on the trip there, I, I don't even remember exactly where it was, but there was, a, there was a fence and there were some goats, four goats. And all four goats had their heads stuck through the fence and were chewing the grass outside of the fence. All four lined up one after another, and I just, I got a kick out of it. I just thought, man, you know, this is the funniest thing, and it illustrated so well that the grass is always greener because we always look out and say, it would be better if I had that husband, if I had that wife, you know, I would be happy. When the truth of the matter is, um, a change won't make you happy. A change of your heart and your life will. And that's what God asks us to consider. So morals can build or destroy. Um, now let's, uh, let's move on and, and let's just mention the second point and the second thing that can tear apart or build a home 
and uh, it's found throughout the book of Proverbs. In fact, um, just take a look at Proverbs 15.1. It doesn't mention women there. I know that. Uh, and really, we said this is something for all, so Proverbs 15.1 is a good verse to look at. And we'll probably make reference to it again, or at least Proverbs 15, where a lot is talked about the tongue. But God says in verse 1 what? Soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words do what? Stir up anger. You know, there's a lot of angry homes because there's people who don't control their tongue. We find that in verse 4 as well of the same chapter. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Uh, the New Testament teaches us, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying in Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, I believe it's in verse 29. But since this proverb is about women in Proverbs 14, let's look at what Solomon wrote about the tongue of a wife. See, you know, I, see I knew I was going to get in trouble. Proverbs chapter 19. Turn to Proverbs chapter 19. Of course, when you have... A thousand wives and concubines, I suppose these things are brought out a little clearer. I still don't know how you explain that one. But if you look at Proverbs uh, chapter 19 and in verse 13, what do you learn? Someone read it for me. All right, so we learn that a contentious wife, the contentions of a wife, is just like a continual dropping. It's like that, uh, oh, oh, man, we had that happen to us once in Illinois. Um, had a freeze, and then the water started dripping on the inside of the gutter. You ever, you ever and it was just like, and we woke up from sleep hearing that drop, drop, and I just drive you crazy. And God says that, and, and Solomon used that term to describe this matter. Look in chapter 21, and in verse 9, where Solomon said, if you're going to make a choice, it would be better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Um See, I, I just, I'm not, I, I'm just going to let Solomon speak here. Look in verse 19 of the same chapter, verse chapter 21. It's better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. Chapter 25, 24. I guess someone had regrets about his marriages. Um, Verse 24, it is better to dwell in the corner of, a house, of the house stop than with a brawling woman and in a white house. Brings it out again. Look in chapter 27 and in verse 15. A continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. <laughs> see, see I, can't, I, can't, I can't win with this one. I know I'm getting myself in trouble here. But I'm just bringing out what Solomon reminds us of. You can destroy your home with your tongue. And you say, well, Solomon, he only saw the negative. Well, uh, not necessarily. If you look at chapter 31, 
I got to at least give you one positive thing, ladies. And it says in verse 26 of Proverbs 31, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is what? The law of kindness. So Solomon, at least once, uh, tells you the fact that you can build your home uh, by the way that you use your, your tongue. A preacher shared a story. He said, at a school carnival, our kids won four free goldfish. <laughs> His comment was, lucky us. <clears throat> so I went on a Saturday morning to find an aquarium, and the first few I priced ranged from 40 to 70 bucks. Then I spotted it right in the aisle. A discarded 10-gallon display tank had gravel and filter, and they only wanted five bucks. Sold! Of course, it was nasty, dirty, but the savings made the two hours of cleaning it a breeze, and those four new fish looked great in their new home, at least for the first day. But Sunday, one had died. Too bad. Three remained. Monday morning revealed a second casualty, and by Monday night, the third goldfish had gone belly up. Well, we called in an expert, a member of our church who had a 30-gallon tank, and it didn't take him long to figure out the problem. I had washed the tank with soap, and that is an absolute no-no. I learned it too late. My uninformed efforts had destroyed the very lives I was trying to protect. And you say, what does that have to do with the subject? Well, the preacher concluded his illustration, his story, by saying this. Sometimes in our zeal to clean up our own lives and lives of others, we use killer soaps, condemnation, Criticism, nagging, fits of temper. We think we're doing right, but our harsh, self-righteous treatment is more than people can bear. So rather than help, we actually hurt. And he's right. It's easy for a, a mom to become negative. By the way, it's easy for a dad to become negative. It's easy to nag kids your mate, and those things tear down. They're like soap killing what we're supposed to protect and build up. And may we remember then our words. But there's a, another area. Your work can build or destroy. Um, as we look at the book of Proverbs, we find that what we do, our works, can build or destroy our home. And uh, there's a couple different areas in which our, our work or works can. Uh, our work with our children or with your children. How many homes today are being destroyed by parents who don't discipline their kids? Parents who are frustrated because their kids give them a hard time all the time and they're tired of it. And the truth of the matter is, if you've seen it as I have before in a store, it could be resolved. If they just deal with their kid the way God tells them to. Now you say, well, wait, does the Bible say that you actually destroy your home? Well, go back to Proverbs chapter 29. We were in chapter 31 just a moment ago. In chapter 29 and verse 15, we learn that the rod of reproof give wisdom. But then what do we find? What's the second part of the proverb? So a child that's left to himself, a child that's not disciplined, 
So when we fail to do our job and fulfill our work that God has given us with our children, then we ultimately are destroying our home. You say, well, if my kids were just better behaved, that really does come down to mom and dad being consistent and doing what they ought. Um, and disciplining them biblically. I, I, You know, when we talk about the rod and reproof, there's a lot that needs to be said. And I, I, I'm afraid that sometimes we haven't said it. We just say the rod of reproof is what you're supposed to use. And, uh, and that's true. Uh, there's a lot more to it, though, than just, just whacking your kid when they've done something that's wrong. Uh, and that is not proper use of the, of the rod. It's not just taking your belt off and wailing on your kid a few times until you hear him scream a little bit. And then you go on your way and think it's all resolved. There's a proper way to discipline. And there's a lot more to it than just this matter of, of, of just spanking them, and getting mad and letting them have it a little bit. Um, but I will say this. If you don't discipline them the way God has told you, then don't be surprised if your home is in, the sh in bad shape. The world tells us spanking is the cause of problems. I, I, I'm not sure I've, I've shared something like this, but I came across, after analyzing six decades of expert research on corporal punishment, a psychologist says parents who spank their children risk causing long-term harm that outweighs the short-term benefit of instant obedience. The psychologist, Elizabeth Gershoff, found links between spanking and 10 negative behaviors or experiences. Well, I can tell you the, the lack of spanking uh, results in far more negative behaviors or experiences, but we'll just leave that one alone at this point, including, according to her, aggression and antisocial behavior and mental health problems. The one positive result of spanking that she identified was quick compliance with parental demands, which, by the way, isn't ultimately the goal. The goal is changing the heart, and that's what some so often miss in the matter of discipline. Go off and spend the whole time on, and I, I really wanted to move on further. So here's what she said, though. Americans need to reevaluate why we believe it's reasonable to hit young, vulnerable children when it's against the law to hit other adults, prisoners, and even animals. Gershoff writes in the new edition of the American Psychological Association's journal. Her analysis, one of the most comprehensive ever on the topic of spanking in America, was accompanied with the psychological bulletin by a critique from three other psychologists supporting what she had to say. Look, the world tells us discipline destroys. God says discipline builds. The question is, who are you going to believe? If your discipline isn't working at changing your children, your discipline needs to change because proper biblical use of the rod and reproof give wisdom. God says so, and he never lies. And we need to take him at his word. So your work can build or destroy, your, your, um, and it depends on what you're doing with 
children. Now you say, well, is there just one verse? And the answer is no. Look at verse 17 of chapter 29, since we're on the subject. Correct thy son, and what does God say? He'll give you rest, and he'll give delight to your soul. Okay, so look, when, when you're involved in this matter, you're ultimately saving your home and your family from a lot of strife. Well, my kids don't listen to me. And there's something wrong with your discipline. They should listen to you. They can listen to you. And they will if you discipline them biblically. It may take a while. You may have to work at it yourself. You may have to change some of your ways. But it works, and it will give you rest to your soul. See, I'm getting off on the subject. Chapter 23, look if you would. Go back there. So I guess we're going backwards here a little bit. Chapter 23, verse 13. Withhold not correction from a chi the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt He beat him with a rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. Saving from destruction. Your work can build or destroy. But you know, not just your work with your children, but also, um, we're going to take a little different tack on this, regarding a career. Very few homes are supported only through one breadwinner in our day. And I know, I think someone mentioned something about this last week. Now, I asked the question, is that out of necessity or because we've raised a generation of women taught feminist ideology, which says that a career is to come first. Um, and that being concerned about your home is a concept promoted by men who want to enslave women. And those things are things that are said by our world today. Even Christians jump on the bandwagon today supporting women's emancipation from the home. And they will often direct your attention to, to a proverb we were just looking at, Proverbs chapter 31. And they will reference the fact that she did what she did uh, outside of the home. She was a career lady. And that's not true. Her career was her home. And if you don't get that, all you got to do is go back and read Proverbs chapter 31. And you'll see that this lady took care of her home. She, she was very diligent. She was... She, she bought and sold property. She worked in the marketplace, but she was at home making sure that her family was clothed, and she made the clothes for them. Just amazing what this woman did. She was a hard worker, but her focus was her home, and we know that because her husband praises her and her children rise up, and they call her blessed, and the reason why is not because she had a career and she made it and she was a success, but because she had a career of her home, and she focused on that. But look, uh, uh, income may be needed to make ends meet. We understand that. We live, I, I mean, yeah, all you got to do is live with the inflation rates that are going on right now and look at the price of things, and you understand that, you know, sometimes it's just hard to make things work and make ends meet. But a woman always needs to remember her work is her home. And there are far too many in society that have homes in turmoil because kids are being raised by public school, by caretakers, rather than parents. And a wise woman understands that truth. 
um, I, I referenced it, but you can put Proverbs 31 by this because a wise woman makes sure that her home is cared for. And in the New Testament, it's interesting to me, and we don't have time and we're not, since we're in Proverbs, we're not going there. But uh, two times, God told young pastors that they're supposed to teach things. To the elder women were to teach things to the younger women, and they were, and the, the pastors were to tell the elder women what they were supposed to teach. Or this was a specific directive they were to give to the church. First Timothy five, I will therefore that the younger women marry their children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. The situation where a woman has lost her husband, and uh, and the idea that Paul presented is that look, just right for a, a younger woman rather than to be taken under the care of the church, for her to find another husband to get married, to have children, and then to do what? What a woman is supposed to do? Guide the house. You say, well, that's that's. The man in you speaking. No, it's God speaking. Titus 2.5. The elders were to teach the younger that they were to be discreet, chaste, and these next three words are powerful. Keepers at home. Um, it's, it's really sad today, but a lot of homes are being destroyed because, because two two adults have careers and children are sitting at home being left unattended or being taught by the wrong influences. And look, the answer isn't just having them at church on Sunday and Wednesday. The answer is a, a husband and a wife both being godly parents, the wife being the, the keeper at home, the husband not only providing, but providing the biblical assistance and guidance children needs and using biblical discipline to train up their child in the way they should go. And that is just such a desperate need today. So your work can build or destroy your home. Your work with your children regarding a career. Um, and then in the realm of diligence, I couldn't come up with another C, sorry. But in the realm of diligence, and if you're still in the last Proverbs, in Proverbs 31, I just marvel at, at the Proverbs 31 wife, the, the godly wife. Look at verse 27. And here we go, by the way. This is where I, I, I contend that she's interested and focuses on the home and not a career. She looketh well to the ways of her household. But then it also says this. She does what? Eateth not the bread of idleness. You know, she doesn't sit at home eating bonbons. You know, what, they, what the story always was, you know. Uh, laying on the couch, watching the soap operas and the other things that are going, okay, so they don't even have those things on anymore and people don't even watch TV. I guess they spend all their time on the internet. But whatever it is the case, um, the, the truth of the matter is that, um, that you can destroy your home by being lazy. But it's not just a wife that can destroy the home or build the home by diligence. It's also a husband, a guy that can't hold down a job because, well, you know what? He always has a bad boss. Isn't it amazing? 
You know, I've met people that go from job to job to job, and it's, and it's amazing, but they always have a bad boss or they always have a bad work situation. And never once do you ever hear people who can't hold down a job. You know, maybe there's a problem with me. If, if you've had numerous jobs within a, a few years' time, um, you better take a serious look at yourself. sounds pretty cruel, doesn't it? But there's a problem with people just not learning to, to work. Someone said this, busy souls have no time to be busy bodies. And it's true, and it's right. And a lot of homes are destroyed by uh, lazy husbands, lazy wives, lazy kids, mom is just worked ragged because well because the kids don't pick up after themselves you got if you have teenagers and you have to pick up after them mothers and fathers you've got a job to do because you shouldn't have to in fact the truth of the matter is if you have teenagers in your home your work should be very light in the home because they should be doing most all of it You like that, don't you? There's no reason a mother should be, you say, we got a dishwasher, I know. No reason a mother should have to wash dishes if she's got kids. I would even say that are 10, 11, 12 years of age. They can do dishes. There's no reason you should clean up your kid's room, ever. I, I'm talking about when your kids are five, you shouldn't have to clean up their room. Shouldn't have to, shouldn't have to vacuum it. Shouldn't have to pick up old banana peels or rotten grapes. That should all be cared for by your, by your kids. Shouldn't have to take out their trash. In fact, the truth of the matter is they should take out trash for the entire house, and you shouldn't have to worry about that. And if your kids haven't learned that, it's because you haven't taught them. And they can work age appropriate, but they need to learn to work and bear the yoke in their youth. That's what Solomon said, by the way, in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I'm making a lot of friends with the young people here today. But it's true. And laziness has has really destroyed many homes and, and uh, relationships in many ways. And people need to learn that. And uh, there's, there's one other way. You know what? We're going to just pick up there, and then we're going to go into another subject. We're going to finish out uh, next week, all right, because it's, it's already getting a little bit later than we normally try to end. All right? So there you have it. Boy, did I make friends today. But Solomon really... Uh, he, he just hits us right between the eyes, doesn't he? With a number, of, a number of truths that either build or destroy a home. And, and it, it's just so important for us, all of us. It doesn't, men, women, children, to look at ourselves and say, am I part of the problem in my home or am I part of the solution? And I hope you'll just strive to be wife, husband, child, father, and mother 
who is building rather than tearing apart for the glory of God. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the very uh, straightforward messages that are found in the book of Proverbs, these, these pithy statements, maxims, that teach us in a very powerful way, in a very straightforward way, that the situations we have in our home many times are our own doing. And if our home is good, it's probably because we've been putting forth the effort to obey your word. And if it's bad, it's also because we probably abandon your word in some way. So help us, Lord God, to get back to biblical living in our home and doing what we ought and learning good, important principles and, and practices that will build our homes for the glory of God rather than tear them apart. And I'll thank you for what you'll do to help us to understand and see what we need to do to help our home. In Christ's name, amen. Lord bless you as you seek to please him in your home. You can help us set up for Saturday. We need to get chairs kind of around the circle and usually tables, I think, along that wall. And if anyone can help with those things, greatly appreciate it.